Welcome into the Basketball Index Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, and today we are talking about Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's scouting report. If you have not caught any of the scouting report episodes, what we do is we take a look at the box score. Then we take a look at the analytics, and then we take a look at the film. We come up with a 3D kind of opinion of a player, and then we have some conclusions about where he fits in the league, where I rank him, uh, and uh, yeah, you just kind of get, I feel like, every angle that you need because the box score has value. Analytics, obviously, I work at Basketball Index. I think they're very valuable. And then tape study is, you got to have it. If you've never seen a player play, it is really difficult. I don't know if you've ever done this. There's a couple times where someone will mention a player and then I'll open up their box score and be like, so what are they? (laughs) Um, So the film study also very, very important. So this is a tough one. It is uh, about 11 o'clock at night and I just recorded this episode It was about 15, 20 minutes. I went very in-depth on Jalen Brown. And I pulled up my recorder at the end of the episode, and I had forgot to hit record. So this is not the first time this has happened to me. I've been in broadcasting for 10 years, but it hasn't happened in quite a few years. And it was a gut punch. It was a gut punch. I definitely had to take a swig of my grape Gatorade, which for those of you that have not had grape Gatorade, it is basically like they put the syrup in the uh, plastic container and they forgot to put the water in. And it is so sweet in all the best ways. It can really take the edge off a uh, a tough night where you forget to hit the record button on your Jalen Brown scouting report podcast. So let's get into it. Enough stalling. Jalen Brown was the third overall pick. He has been in the league for seven years. He's 26 years old. He's 6'6", 220, and he has spent his entire career with the Celtics. So the first thing we're going to look at is the box score. And we're going to do this episode a little bit different because it's it's after Christmas where there's a pretty good chunk of the season has gone by. Before, I had just been pretty much using years previous to this. But I'm going to use, basically, we're getting close to the halfway point pretty soon here in this season. So we're going to use part of this season and then we're going to go back one, two, maybe three years, but I'll try to call it out as I do it. So this box score is kind of over the two plus last years, plus being this year and the two years previous to that. So Jalen Brown has been about 25 points a game, which is very good this year. He's ratcheted that up even further. He's almost at 27 points a game. If you're rounding up, it would be 27, which is a lot of scoring. That is something that, Definitely get your attention because that is a lot of putting the ball in the basket. Uh, About three and a half assists over the last two plus years. Uh, Six and a half rebounds. I think he's over seven rebounds this year. And then a shade over a steal over the last few seasons. So um, all that, the the scoring I think is the big thing. That's That's a lot of points. That is star player level. So he's career 37% from three on about seven attempts a game the last few years. That's a pretty solid three-point shooter. This year, it is down. It's about 34%, which is not great. Last year, it was about 36%, which was okay. But then the seasons previous to that, he's about 40%, 38%. So he's been a pretty strong three-point shooter throughout his career. And it's one of those things, we're not even at the halfway point this year. So that 34%, um, it's a little bit of a concern, but he's shooting really well from two. So I don't think it, I, I'm not too worried about it. We'll see where it evens out. 
uh, come the end of the season. Uh, he's always gotten to the free throw line a decent amount, um, about five attempts uh, a game and about 77%. This is the first season where he's actually over five attempts a game, which is really good. He's almost at 80% from the line, and he's one of those guys that has improved so much throughout his career. And then if you look at the free throw percentage, just basically every year he's gotten better and better and better. I think he's going to be an 80% free throw shooter here in the next few years, if not this year, which is very good. That's very helpful to the efficiency. Uh, over his career, he's been uh, above average on twos and threes, and I think that gives his scoring a robustness where, you know, if getting to the rack isn't working or shooting from the outside isn't working. He has enough to what he can kind of lean on to where he's not going to go ice cold for a few months out of a season, which I think really helps that scoring robustness and just makes it so getting that 25 a night is so much easier. Career, he has a 101 true shooting plus, which means he's 1% better than league average throughout his career. And that's something that's very good. When you're scoring a lot of points, you want to have positive efficiency. It's not at an elite level. You would want that to be a few ticks higher. But the last few years, he's been one, two. Well, there was a season where he's 3% better. So, you know, it's in there. It's I think as that free throw rate continues to climb, you can get to, you know, six attempts a game, seven. Um, that really will help the efficiency. And if you got a guy scoring 25, 26 points a game on positive efficiency, that's always good. He seems to have be a pretty solid three-point shooter throughout his career. And then the one thing that pops out, not a lot of assists or steals in the box score. And uh, we'll kind of touch on that a little bit later. But that's it for the box score. Um, I think the main takeaway there, obviously, is the points and the solid efficiency. Not great, but solid efficiency. Uh, let's move to the analytics. So his role has changed a lot on offense throughout his career. But they mostly fall under the what we would call like on-ball roles. So we have shot creator, which is kind of like the star role, primary ball handler, secondary ball handler. There was a, re a season in there where he's like a movement shooter. Um, but he's had the ball in his hands for a majority of his career, obviously scoring a lot. On uh, defense, he's been a wing stopper most of his career. He's been on ball for pretty much every season. Finally, put it together last year, we had a positive impact in LeBron on both offense and defense because there had been years where it had been one or the other, down here somewhere, down here somewhere else, and finally put it together last year. The Celtics obviously make a run to the finals. He plays really well. So that's all very good. Let's look at some of our offensive stats. We're going to be looking at perimeter players that played over 1,000 minutes in seasons past. Um, and then we're obviously going to look at this year where not that many guys are over a thousand minutes. So that threshold won't apply. Uh, three point shooting talent, which takes into account your shot quality, your shot creation, your shot making, which is how well you shoot relative to your quality. It's basically like a really good three point shooting stat that has a lot of context built in. He was an A minus last year. He's been a C this year. So it has been pretty disappointing from the three-point line this year, but he has a history of being pretty good. Again, we're not even halfway through the season. I'm not super worried about that, but this year it has been about average for a perimeter player, and Jalen Brown, not an average guy, so you want that to be a little bit higher. Uh, the mid-game the last four-ish years has kind of bounced between an A and a B overall. He's had a pretty strong floater. He's had uh, good mid-range seasons, and this year... What's interesting is the floaters down a little bit, but the mid-range pull-ups are fantastic. They are 93rd percentile, which would be a career high for him out of perimeter players. And he has been, we're going to talk about it in the film, but his touch, how comfortable he is, how confident he is, he is taking them. 
His mid-range game has been really impressive, and I think that's an area where I've really honed in on the scouting report where I've been really impressed, and I'm interested to see where that can kind of lead him because he's had good mid-range seasons in the past, uh, but it's just never been this good. Uh, we looked at the finishing. I think he's probably one of the better drivers, one of the better finishing guys in the league. He's had an A the last four years, so really solid there throughout his career. Playmaking, been about, if you average the last few years together, including this one, about a B-plus for a perimeter player, which is good. But if you break it down further than that, uh, the components is about a C on volume, not a ton of passes that lead to would-be assists. Uh, an A in quality, which is good. So when he does pass the ball, it is generating good looks for players. About a C minus D plus in efficiency. And I think we heard about this in their run to the finals last year, the Celtics, where Jalen Brown, you know, loose handle. There was some bad decision making with the ball. Sometimes he just outright throws the ball away. Um, and that C minus efficiency does hurt. And then for versatility, so of the last three plus years, this year, three years prior to that, he's had two S and two Cs in versatility, again, among perimeter players, which you don't love. That's not great. So this happens all the time where the efficiency and the versatility will sometimes be lower for players, but the quality will be very high. Um, a lot of these times, these guys will have really high scoring gravity. Uh, a guy like Tyler Hero is always someone I I bring up where, you know, he's got a little bit of vision. He has some some really nice playmaking every once in a while. But if you were to be like, hey, Tyler Hero, we need you to ratchet it up. We need you to just like run the entire offense through you where you're the quarterback and you're spreading the ball around. Like that's not the ideal role for him. I think it's the same thing with Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown is a very good scorer where some high quality playmaking comes off that. But because the efficiency and the versatility is not great, I don't think like the ability to kind of ratchet that playmaking up for him to increase his impact is really there. I think you want him as the secondary guy that can score with some playmaking, but not the guy you want with the ball in his hands all the time. Uh, defensively, it, it, this is a really tough one for Jalen because, you know, he's had more positive D LeBron seasons than negative which is good, but it is a bit of a mixed bag. And he's, again, been an on-ball guy for most of his career. He was above average last year. But if you zoom into some of our more granular defensive stats, he's never been very good. We have our on-ball defense, which is like our isolation defense, ball screen navigation, which is kind of like pick and roll, and then off-ball chaser metrics. And he's just never really shined in those. Um Never, and you want your on-ball guys to be good, if not great. It's just, it's never been fantastic. He's had a B matchup difficulty throughout his career, so he has been guarding some players, right? They're not hiding him in the corner. But um, it's it's been a little up and down. And then also, these metrics aren't everything because team defense is very important. But you would like your on-ball guy to have you know, a, a better on-ball uh, talent metric that we have over at Basketball Next. You want to score higher in that because that's your ability to suppress a player and lower their shot quality. So it's a little bit of a mixed bag. It's a little confusing sometimes. I looked at a lot of defensive data for him that we have over at the website, and it was it was difficult to draw conclusions. Um, some bright spots among on-ball guys, he had a B in pickpocket rating, which is our on-ball steals, which is good. 
Um, he was a very, very good defensive rebounder. We have defensive rebounding talent. He was 90th percentile. That's extremely high for an on-ball guy. Um, he had an A in defensive positional versatility. That means he's guarding a lot of different positions. He's switching a lot. And he doesn't foul much. So uh, low on the fouls committed. And that's that's definitely a good sign. You don't want someone fouling all the time, especially when they're being switched on to bigger players. So it wasn't that they're weren't any positive signs, but I I think more than any player I've done a scouting report on, it was kind of the murkiest with Jalen Brown, where it was just kind of hard to figure out kind of heads or tails. And I actually had a pretty high opinion of him defensively coming into this. I definitely thought he was above average. Um, But I think my opinion on him is a little bit lower combining the, um, the analytics as well as the tape study. So Let's let's move on to the tape. Uh, put on the film. Let's talk about the offense first. The mid-range touch is very, very good. Like right now, he is operating with a dangerous amount of confidence. It looks really good, really strong, crisp, under control. He seems just incredibly comfortable. Better than I ever remember him in the mid-range throughout his entire career. Sometimes you forget how good of an athlete he is. Um, in a fast break situation, he'll throw down a dunk that is is genuinely impressive. He does it a fair amount, um, but he's, he's a pretty smooth guy. I saw him kind of go attack a closeout, go around a defender, like kind of like double clutch a dunk, dunk around him. Anytime you're dunking around people, it's pretty impressive. Uh, I think he's probably the best. Eh, I don't know if he's the best. I think I said Cat was the best. I think he's one of the better players at attacking closeouts in the league. I think he's very, very good at discarding that initial defender and either getting to the hoop, shooting a short floater, which he oftentimes can get the rebound for because it's such a short floater that he takes. And then also the mid-range is so dangerous now. It's so smooth. He seems really comfortable pulling up around that elbow area, really knocking down that shot at a high level. Um, He's a guy that... I don't know if I've said this so far on the podcast. So he played against the Lakers. I don't know. It was like one or two years ago. And I I think there was maybe some players out with COVID or something like that, where I don't think Tatum was playing. And he went set. I don't even have to look it up. He went 17 for 20 and he scored 40 points. It was one of the most impressive things I had seen a player do in a while where Sometimes you have the really high point value games and they're great. But when you're shooting like 15 free throws, again, it's impressive that you're getting fouled that much. Um, But when you're doing it all from the floor, like Jalen Brown was, he didn't shoot that many free throws that game. You're hitting 17 of 20 shots. Um, That really made an impression on me. And uh, that that high level play was in him was very, very intriguing. And I feel like for a couple of years, I was a little disappointed because I thought there was, I kind of thought that, you know, I didn't think he was going to go 17 for 20 every night, but I was like, oh, there's like a high-end guy in there, like a really, like a top, possibly like 15 player if everything kind of shakes out right. And the last few years, I was kind of waiting for that. And then this year, I've been so impressed by the mid-range game. The mid-range game is operating at an extremely high level. I think some of what I say early in the episode, 92nd, 93rd percentile among perimeter players. It is, I know Kevin Durant right now is just off in his own universe where it's, you don't even compare anybody to that. But what Jalen Brown is doing there is really impressive. And it helps so much because when you do have a down year from three, like he's having only 34%, when you have 
that ability to get to the hoop, when you have the ability to shoot the mid-range, it helps you kind of steady yourself when something isn't going right. And I talked about that robustness, ability to score different ways at the beginning of the podcast. And it's just really important for you to kind of weather the storm when everything's not working, when everything's not dialed in. Maybe you're not 100% healthy, when you're only at 85%, when you have kind of, you know, people always talk about like you have having your bag, getting in your bag, right? Where it's like when you have that much scoring versatility, it is so helpful in a long season. So I uh, really like what I was seeing on film for him. It's probably the most impressive I've seen him outside of that Laker game. And again, the confidence level, which is so important, is just so high with him right now. Uh, on defense, I we'll start with the positives. I thought he did a good job of staying down. Talked about not fouling a lot in the metrics earlier. I thought he contested mid-rangers very well. We talked about him being an athlete earlier. I feel like his recovery steps are very strong, able to get up those contests. I've also seen where he gets blown by every once in a while. He's able to recover and block the ball from behind, which at the NBA is a very difficult thing to do. Um, I think he funnels defenders decently down to the block to his bigs. Um, you know, he stays in plays, but I was a little, you know, I talked about the on-ball defense and the ball screen navigation numbers not being great. On tape, it was like, well, yeah, no, he's still in this play, but he's not not doing a whole lot of suppressing, not doing a whole lot of lowering shot quality. Um, but but being a pretty solid team defender, which is important, um, he was just really like never doing anything crazy or like just completely removed from the play, which is very important. Like defense at, at a high level during the regular season is just about like being solid most of the time. Uh, that being said, there wasn't a lot of defensive playmaking, and you do want some of that because not only does it help your defense, it helps your offense, uh, getting out in transition, getting some easy buckets, but not a ton of defensive playmaking. On switches, we talked about this, the high positional versatility. On switches, it seemed like it didn't lead to mismatches very often. Seems like a pretty strong guy. Um, and then positioned himself well when switched on to bigs. And that's a nice thing to have in a defense that likes to switch like the Celtics. I think one thing that's interesting is he is on the Celtics and probably the sixth best defender on the team. And this isn't really supposed to be a slight at him, but when you have Marcus Smart, when you have Derek White, when you have Jason Tatum, when you have Robert Williams, when you have Al Horford, like those, I mean, there's we, we saw this defense in their playoff run last year going to the finals. It is an unbelievable defense. And Jalen Brown, I think, is a, I, you know, I talked about this a lot on the, on the podcast I recorded earlier that I accidentally didn't record. Um, I, I used to think he was a little better than I do now. He's pretty strong in the all-in-one metrics. LeBron likes him. EPM, Darko, they do like him. I think he's closer to neutral than he is good. And I think that's okay. I think being a slight positive on defense is okay and is even valuable. I think one of the biggest things when I dug into the data was when he was having his better offensive seasons when he was younger, his total offensive load was about 28. Now, his total offensive load is about 43. So basically, for if you don't follow total offensive load, once you get over like 40, you have the ball in your hands a lot. Like you have a lot of offensive responsibility. And like, it's very hard to be like, hey, when you just score 25 a night, we need you to have the ball in your hands all the time. And you also need to play really high end defense. Like there's not a lot of people in the world that can really do that. It happens to be that his teammate, Jason Tatum, can. But like you can count it on like one hand on the guys that can do that, maybe two hands. 
So that jump in 15 points in total offensive load is massive. And that kind of makes sense to where when you see him play defense, it is it's pretty under control. You know, like I said, not fouling a lot, staying down, playing team defense, not, you know, not trying to do anything too crazy. He understands he has a team of very good defenders around him where it's like you don't need to dominate your guy one on one. So it is a it is kind of complex, especially with the Celtics. It's sort of a special situation, but I would be interested to see if Jalen Brown was, I don't know on the Nuggets or the Timberwolves, how would his, I mean, his role would probably change. I don't know. Maybe he is focused more on defense, but I would be just interested to see what happens. Maybe he plays better defense. Maybe he plays worse. I'm not sure, but I just think my opinion on Brown's, I don't think my opinion on his offense has went up a little bit because he's just having such a strong year in the mid range. And then my opinion on his defense just went down a tad. So my overall, funny enough, my overall feelings on him about stayed the same (laughs) in terms of just like total value. But let's get into the conclusion. Let's talk about the total value. So I think he is an above average two-way player. And those guys are really, really valuable. So I think the ability to score at high volume at above league average efficiency is also really valuable. Like these are kind of like in the in my head, kind of the checklist I go down, right? Where it seems like there's some clear playmaking limitations, both on tape and in the numbers. Like on tape, just occasionally you're just like, I don't know, I don't understand this pass. Like, how did you not complete this pass? Or like, why did you throw this pass? Um, it's a little head scratching sometimes. And I don't think I fully grasped what that looked like until I really sat down and watched. Again, there's sometimes where he, he threw a behind the back pass to Mark Smart standing at the three point line. <laughs> that was really impressive. So it's, I'm not trying to say it's all bad, but I don't think he is a super high end, high volume playmaker. I think the scoring versatility is really good. It's three levels. I think that's very helpful. Um, again, that kind of scoring robustness can help you avoid slumps when, when maybe one thing isn't working, kind of keep you afloat. Uh, defensively, it's confusing, right? Because he's had some up and some, I don't mean like up and down seasons, like sometimes he's the best defender in the league and sometimes he can't guard anybody, right? It's not, it's not that extreme, but there are some years where you're like, oh, that is notable defensive numbers. And then other years you're like, he's, he's solid. He's, you know, he's not. He's not killing you, but he's not he's not really changing the game defensively. So uh, the the defense is a little bit cloudy. I think overall he's easy a top 30 player. I probably have him as a top 25 player. And whether you have him at 21 or 23, I don't think it really matters. But I think he's solidly a top 25 player. I think if you sit down and you go through everything, because like I said, high two-way value. Uh, the ability to score above league average, score a lot, score with high volume. There is some playmaking in there. There's versatility. I just, I really like what he brings to the table as a player. Now, we talk about where you are in terms of, you know, are you the first, are you the second, are you the third best player on a championship team? I think if he is the third best player on your team, you just win the championship. Like right now, if for some reason he was the third best player on the Celtics, it would be like, wrap it up, let's go home. The Celtics are winning this one because there's just too much talent on this team. I don't think he's a number one guy. I think that's kind of obvious. But number two, I think so. I think he has the scoring punch, um, the two-way value that that absolutely makes sense there as a top 25 player. The math kind of calculates out. 
I'm not sure, and you know, people have talked about this for good reason. The the Tatum Jalen Brown strengths and weaknesses, I don't think match up perfectly, but there's a lot of talent on this roster. They're a great defensive team. They have really good role players. So they probably are capable. I mean, they got to the finals last year. So I think they're capable of winning a championship. And I think Jalen Brown slots in again as a top 25 guy that can be the second best player on a championship team. The question now is how much further can he go? And we talked about the playmaking kind of limitations, so it's tough. If he can keep the mid-range game this good, he's only 26. He's not old. He's in entering his prime. If that three ball can get up to, you know, 38, 39%, maybe he gets to the free throw line, you know, two more shots a game, all of a sudden that efficiency, that true shooting plus is at 105. 106 and i don't know maybe we're in the conversation of like the 16th 15th 16th 17th best player in the league uh who knows maybe in a good year 14th where i see the path he's so close to being a top 20 player where i do see it being possible but the scoring efficiency really has to i think that's the the path forward um it's interesting a lot of the guys i've talked about in these scattering reports were like i think um, we talked about CJ McCollum. We talked about Cat. We talked about Brandon Ingram, where it's like, again, the Brandon Ingram path to being a really elite player is, is kind of a similar thing. But Jalen Brown is a much better player than Brandon Ingram. Um, I would, it's not even a, like, it's not even a decision in my head. Um, so Jalen Brown, very good. Yeah, I don't think I have too much. I think that was, what, like three pages of notes on him. Um, very good two way player, scored a lot of points on a very good team on the Celtics. Um, yeah, that's going to wrap it up. My name is Taylor. That was Jalen Brown's scouting report. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Basketball Index podcast.